is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm going to raise. I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Tonight, Mr. Wanderson, Democracy Manifest. Okay. <clears throat> Let's record. Yeah. <clears throat> From the top of the Ferris wheel at the Smogville World Fair, it is World Champion Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brighton SLC. And I am Sean Black. World Champion Podcast. We are locked in a Ferris wheel in a mysterious town discussing whatever topic we feel like of any topic on Earth. Right. Uh, Do we have a sponsor this week? Of course we do. Yeah, and I appreciate that you came into this with a very somber tone because it's appropriate for for the scourge that's going on all throughout Smogville. Smogville has a snuff problem. That's a big snuff problem. It's really getting out of hand. Uh, There's there's nosebleeds everywhere. There's people with with brown noses, Mm. but that doesn't mean they're getting ahead in business. Right. This is brown nose in, in a bad... Well, or a worse way. I guess it's kind of bad either way. But yeah. But there's sniffles that, that we've sold out of tissue at the at the uh, grocery store slash pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, we here at World Champion Podcast have always taken a stand against snuff, and we and and what it's doing to our children and our grandparents, mainly our grandparents. Mainly, yeah. The, it, the, it's really caught on with the elderly. It really has. It's disgusting. Um, there's there's empty little round tins everywhere. Mm-hmm. Which actually, that's pretty nice because it helps us sort our thumbtacks and matches. Right. So, well, I mean, so there's a there's, there's a, a silver bit lining. Of a silver lining, but the big silver lining is uh, Dr. Wilmore Phyllis's snuff addiction purification vigor. That's right. Uh, which you know, get some at the grocery store slash pharmacy, or from Dr. Willis himself. Yeah, and the good thing about Dr. Wilmore Phyllis's work is he's put together a concoction that completely alleviates the uh, the addictive. Uh, what, what's the addictive vapors? You know how you feel like you're gonna be like you're gonna faint when you when you no longer are on the snuff. Mm-hmm. You don't. You feel pale, pasty, sick to your stomach. You know. Yeah. This vigor with with some great ingredients that alleviates any kind of withdrawals. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I, it's not proprietary, but he wants you to know that you know it's a big. Every bottle contains a full lemon. Mm-hmm. Well, the juice of a full lemon. That's right. Um, what else is in there? Some sodium phosphate. Sates. Yeah, phos- phosphopepsate or something phosphopepsate. like that. Sodium phosphopepsate. It's it's a natural byproduct of, of, of industry. Yeah, it's a natural byproduct of industry. So you'd say that's it's kind of the uh, activating agent. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you probably you probably already have a lot of that in your bloodstream right. if you live here. And then almost as an afterthought, this is I, I'm not sure if the what the purpose of this ingredient, but it probably helps. Is a nice big dose of codeine. Yeah, big scoop. Uh, I, I think I've seen him make it because he invited mm-hmm. us down. That's right. I mean, you know, he he paid us, but he, yeah, you know, we'd be talking about it either way. Yeah. So he's a sponsor, like but a also dipper, a friend. Yeah, big dipper of codeine that he just drops right mm-hmm. in there with the lemon. Right. Um, and the kids that squeeze those lemons seem so happy. It's it's such a wonderful process to watch, and the great thing about it is is Dr. Fillmore Willis has told me in person that 
the, you know, this is not regulated by the FDA, which is kind of, you know, kind of a pain in the ass, that you can take any, any dose you want. Are you feeling just strong vapors from your withdrawals? Take, take a, an extra dose. Yeah, just it's, take an extra pull. It's, it's if you're fine. getting the really bad vapors, and you'll mm-hmm. be fine. Yeah. So this, I, I'm confident that this is really going to stop the snuff addiction in town, and I feel proud to, to be part of this, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, t- check it out. Dr. Wilmore Phyllis's Snuff Addiction Curification Vigor. Vigor, yeah, absolutely. I have an ailment of my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I was able to avoid the brown powdered demon. That is Me too. Um, that, that we couldn't. It, it's kind of uh, windy up here in this Ferris wheel. Yeah. So every time we'd open our snuff containers, <laughs> whoosh! Away. It would just be just blinded by a brown cloud, and then nothing. Yeah. We'd, yeah. We'd pour a little on our on our thumbs like you're supposed to, and, and then, just whoosh. Yeah. Go, whoosh but, out the window. From from the the thumb to the 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 nose. You know, we're talking maybe twelve inches. Yeah, and I gave it a good four or five yeah, tries. Yeah, I, I did forty. Couldn't make it. Thirty forty times out the window every time. Well, and, and now that's a blessing in disguise. And I think that might be the cut. You'll notice I'm wearing a wrist splint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm one of those people now. You know, like what, I, an old guy in the office mm-hmm. wearing corduroys that is like, oh, I can't file today because my, well, my thing's acting your, up. Your wrist element. Yeah, I went to, the, uh, went to one of the doctors. One of the, they claimed to be a doctor. They, I don't know. They had one of those headbands with the metal disc thing on it. That's a, that's fine for me. You that's know. enough. That's all the credentials I need. Me too. And, uh, yeah, I don't have carpal tunnel, and uh, it's the X-rays are fine. So this is psychological wrist pain. I think it's psychological. It might be from the repetitive motion of, s- of attempting, s- attempting to, snuff, attempting yeah. to snuff. Yeah. And let me hear you, boy. The jokes I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. From people yeah? when they see me walking around with this. Yeah, they uh, they're questioning the mastership of my domain. Okay. Um, but I'm right-handed, and it's on my left wrist. Okay, so that's kind of... But that could be some kind of Sherlock Holmes throw, throw people off the case type thing. You're th- saying maybe I'm faking it, and inside this splint is a map, or a code, or a, a cipher. No, no. Maybe a translation sheet. No, not actually... Come on, that, That's absolutely not what I'm implying. I'm saying that you are just enduring the pain of masturbation just with your bad hand. Your pain hand. Oh, just so it's just to, transferring over. Just to not look. No, no. It's the the injury is on the unsplinted hand. You are just so stubborn that you don't want to admit that you're injured. So you'd rather wear a splint on the on the healthy hand and endure the pain. I see. I see. That would be very weird. Very stubborn. That would be a really weird thing for a person to do. No. When I, when I f- first saw it, I thought maybe you had got a bow and arrow. That was my first joke. I kind of went in the, the green arrow direction. Oh, yeah. I like that. And so you've also heard, like, you've been, uh, I don't even know the, I'm trying to think of a, a more gentle gentlemanly term for self-love. I guess love in yourself. I guess uh, maybe target practice. Target practice. <laughs> well, not necessarily pull, in that vein. Pulling the old bowstrings. Uh, not necessarily in the archery uh, theme. Just, just kind of in, you know, in general. Yeah, exactly. So what else you got? You got other ones? Any, I don't know how any, it happened. Anybody I, called you Iron Man, or I, I can't even think of what a splint. No, joke I, would be. I've been telling people I fell off my hoverboard. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I like that. And true. Yeah, I mean, I fell off, but I didn't. You know, I landed on my butt. Yeah, that that damned thing. The nice thing is my butt splint you can't see as as well because of the pants that I wear. Well, you did get a, a, a crack right up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> a 
that's so bad. Yeah, I got into Grandpa's snuff, maybe. Yeah, no, the each each box of snuff has a little joke on mm-hmm. the inside of the lid. It's like it's great. Yeah, it's called Huffy Snuffy. Yeah, it's called Huffy <laughs> Snuffy because they knew you know the kids like it. It's funny. It was a little joke, you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's a ghost's favorite U.S. document? The, but I know this. The Declaration of Independence. <laughs> uh, my, uh, the, I like the Constitution, <laughs> but I think the, the real answer is the Bill of Frights. Bill of Frights. Yeah, that went in the direction I was. I, the boo seemed the, the most the, obvious. The Declaration of Independence <laughs> is pretty good, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, continue. Let's, let's, we're getting off track. Um, I don't want to talk any more about snuff. It's destroying our town. It is. It's that's horrible. Let's just. Dis- disavow that. Um, oh, as we're recording this, I, as you're listening to this, you're all basking in the day after glory of May the 4th be with you day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I like Star Wars. You know I'm a huge I, Star Wars I fan. I am a fan as well. Um, it does seem weird that we have to bear our testimony to Star Wars on social media. Um, most people like Star Wars. Right. That does remind me I should take a picture of some of my Star Wars toys when I get home. That's, I should do it, too, actually. Yeah, fact, I got a lot. Our, I forgot about that other Instagram that I was so proud of I, to start with toys. I've been posting some Dark Souls stuff, so yeah. I'm still keeping it alive. Yours is Bizarro Nostromo. That's right. And, and that's yours... A, I don't remember. It's it's really co- It's Codename Champion. Oh, yeah, Codename Champion. So we, Like a G.I. Joe name. Yeah, it's, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so we started these new Instagram <laughs> accounts to strictly post, like, toys, comics, video gamey stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, go follow those. And, and just, that'll remind me to post on it. Yeah, and just like our, our normal social media accounts for this show, uh, we will not bombard you. You'll you'll yeah. almost be annoyed by lack of content. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. so what are our, our contacts? Let's oh, just talk uh, about yeah. them real quick. World Champion Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Um World Champion Pod on Instagram, Smogville Fair on Twitter, Facebook is World Champion Podcast. Uh, please find us and give us a like because it helps us um, mm-hmm. with our self-esteem, essentially. Yeah, it's mainly a self-esteem thing, but it also boosts us, I think, in standings on iTunes, that well, type of as, stuff. Well, and as we approach advertisers like Dr. Will Will Do- Dr. Wilmore Phyllis. Yeah, Dr. Fillmore Willis, and we, yeah. you know, it's it's nice to say, oh, look, we have 42 likes on Facebook, <laughs> so clearly <laughs> we're we're players. Um, you'll be glad to know, we, you maybe have heard us talking about this uh talking in vague terms about this TV show thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming together. We'd asked for stories about Dugway Proving Ground. I don't know if we really were explicit on what's going on. There'll <laughs> be more news on that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, uh, it, wait a minute. Is, is this... I don't know a lot about the term humble brag, but was that maybe one where we, there was, we're going to be on a TV show and then I say, no, I don't want to talk about it. After we've brought it up on a show, I think that's being coy. But we should make it. We should make it a humble brag. Like, okay, how about this? Okay, let's hear it. Leave it to Sean and Brighton. Uh, We're going to be on this big TV show, and we don't even know the proper terms. Yeah, perfect. Wow, so so dopey. You nailed it. I'm really good at humble brags. I don't do them. (laughs) Even that's a humble brag, right? (laughs) No, that's a brag. That's a brag brag. That's a brag brag. Now, don't forget delusional brags. Yeah, that that's what I'm best at. Yeah. But I, I, I really enjoy a nice, humble brag. So, so yeah, enjoy that, audience. Yeah, and it's just kind of it's awkward because sometimes I can't come up with a good, humble brag, and I've got so many Twitter followers that kind of mm-hmm. expect that out of me. And then you just but have to resort to, the, to delusional brags or actual bragging. 
Either one. There's, there's, I love the layers. Right. I know. It's beautiful. Yeah, this is, this is going to be new, new territory for a world champion podcast. So we're ma- making the jump to TV, and it should be really, if nothing else, interesting. Well, we are definitely, we have appointments to get our teeth whitened. I've actually been whitening my teeth. Good. Good. We're, we're going to the spray tanning facility. <laughs> You've been jogging. I've been jogging. I've been buying bigger clothes. So here's the thing is, is they say TV puts 10 pounds on you. What if you already have 10 pounds on you? Then that's 20 pounds, right? Yeah. That's not good. Mm-mm. That's a lot of weight. Oh, yeah. I can't gain 20 pounds in one month. So here's something else. Uh, that I, Why don't I just bring this up in the air? <laughs> We're going to be in the desert in the summertime. We're, you and I are very sweaty people. That's true. I'm sweating right now. I am too. So, so what's, what's the answer? I guess we're going to be wearing white. We're going to have to hire an assistant. I'm, doing, I'm thinking light blue shirts. No, but then, <laughs> I'm then the sweat goes through them. I know, dark blue. But Maybe, then you're hot. Tank tops? What are, you, what are you implying? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to I'm do. I'm going to be wearing, think. I think, a flannel regardless. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking... I, I, for, I like summertime's coming. Today was kind of one of the first really hot days here. Oh, I wasn't prepared. And I was like, oh, shit. I bought all these shirts that are not for summer. I don't right. have not summer shirts. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt right now. Or a mostly long sleeve. Yeah. Whatever you consider a ba- Is that three-quarter sleeve baseball tees? That's a three-quarter sleeve. It is yeah. light, but I'm, it's still not, you know, it's not cutting it. It's, it's heating up a little yeah. bit. I have a fast day with a jacket. And then I was like, oh, I better take my jacket off. But then what do I do with all this stuff I need in the pockets of the jacket? Oh, I better put in my pants pockets. Then I'm walking around all weirdly hip bulgy. You got a fanny pack, man. Who cares what people think? That's what I was saying. I have Um, one. No, I think Julia suggested that. And uh, are those back yet? I mean, I don't know. I don't keep up with the trends. Maybe fanny packs are back. I have. When I moved to California, I bought one of my last purchases was a heavy metal shop, which is a famous uh, record store here in California. Well, in, in Salt Lake where we lived before the Smogville days. But it, uh, it's a pretty famous shop, like metal shop. It's been around for years. Yeah, it's, uh, a couple of videos were shot there by famous bands. I don't remember. And there's, there's a lot of uh, pictures of famous bands wearing heavy metal shop shirts, which yeah. is fun to, to look up. Like, uh, when I was younger and getting random magazines, once in a while I would get metal magazines. And I was always thrilled to see, you know, the guitarist of Slayer wearing a heavy metal shop shirt. Yeah. I wanted to get one and realized I don't shop there or listen to metal. I went there and constantly. I'd be, so, I'd be so posery if I did that. I, went, I, I do listen to metal, and I went there a lot as a teenager. And I, I feel like buying a shirt or a koozie or something is, is, is supporting. Anyway, I'm getting way off track. So anyways. Here's, I, Garth, I, here's Garth in a heavy metal shop t-shirt. Of, Wayne, of Wayne and Garth. Do you know what I realized the other day? You're talking about Wayne's World, Wayne and Garth? Yeah. Is I have the exact same glasses as Garth. I, was, I, I somehow watched a clip from Wayne's World, huh. and I was like, holy shit. Which goes back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, of you te- kind of teasing your hair out. <laughs> anyway, my last purchase before I moved to California was a heavy metal shop. I called them hip packs when I was, when I was a, a nice whippersnapper. Fanny pack, I think, is a term that came around later, and it sounds lame. Hip pack yeah. sounds better, and that's how I respond to them. Hip pack. I hip like pack. it. Because it, it just sounds better. Well, it sounds hip. It sounds hip. It, it's, and I, I, would, I bought it so when I went to the beach, I could put my phone in it and my wallet, 
and my keys and all this stuff, and then you know be in on the beach, boy. <laughs> I uh, I don't listen to heavy metal really. I listen to ska. Oh yeah. Uh, last night I went to see the Slackers. It was a great time. That that was last night. That was last night. I loved it. I skanked in my Doc Martens. Nice. That's and nice, I kinda, a nice touch. Kind of like halfway through, I was like, I want to get closer, and kind of like squirted my way up to the front. And people, it seemed like people might have been a little irritated. <laughs> and then I thought, I'm wearing uh, made in England Doc Martens. Yeah. So get on my face, posers. These are made to here. made to kick shins. Yeah, I I can be up here, and you can't. Well, what, what what's the crowd like? No, the ska stupid. crowd these days? No, I thought it would. It was. Uh, was it was, there bomber jackets and everything still? No, not really. Not a lot of that. Really, it was just a mix of like regular people. People got a little more dressed up, I think, than they would for any like garagey type show. But not flight jackets and and yeah, not and a Doc lot of, Martens. No, I didn't, really, I didn't see any of that. Not a lot of checker. Not a lot of checker. Um, did any of the girls there have that skinhead girl haircut where they have the bangs and then the like flap in the back? Um, a lot of girls had that back in the, the day. Uh, no, not that I know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know the name for it. I'm sure. It's called the Chelsea, I believe. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, not that I noticed. There's like maybe some rockabilly people. Kind of let down. I am kind of let down. How yeah. was the band? Oh, fantastic. Great, huh? Sounded yeah, great. I've seen them now the last three times they've been here. They are. Speaking of so, working in so a factory, good. working being in the Slackers <laughs> is like some of these ska bands seem to tour continually. That's the funny thing. They're called the Slackers. Look at their discography. They have released an album every single year, a studio album, mm-hmm. maybe a couple live albums. They release an album every year for like the last 25 years, and they've toured constantly. Yeah, so. So they're not. They're not slackers. Not not at and, all. Yeah, and they're just they're such pros. I mean, they are tight. Well, that I, much playing, you would be the best band in the world. Yeah. You'd be so tight. You would you could you could literally be asleep and still be playing your guitar. Yeah. You could doze off and wake up and be like, oh, is it the encore? <laughs> yeah, probably. So I mean I was I, I this is this is a humble brag again. Mm-hmm. Um I host three nights a week I host pub quiz. And it kind of is at the point now. I've been doing it a little over a year, mm-hmm. so I've done like I've done this 150 times, mm-hmm. and it's at the point where I am on autopilot. <laughs> I mean, I still care. I care about doing a good job and entertaining, but like when I'm reading out the rules at the beginning or something, mm-hmm. I kind of like part of my brain just checks out while my wait voice while my voice goes off. About wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You've done it. You've done it maybe 150 times. You say? Yeah. We've done. Maybe twice that in podcasting. Yeah. Maybe triple that. So what are you doing right now? Are you autopilot? Because I sure as hell am. (laughs) Exactly. No. That's fine. We continue. See, and then you're no, right back. There's, there's there's certain parts of the quiz where I'm just like reciting Reading the rule, same thing right. every week. Reading the rules, you know, tip your bar staff. Well, I mean, don't it, use your cell phone. And it, that is just like, like I'm done saying it, and then I'm like, wait, did I say all those things? Oh, I did. I well, did. I mean, when, came out of my mouth. when you pledge allegiance to the flag, is anyone just tears streaming down their cheeks? You sort of are just like saying uh, something and thinking about at least me. Like, when is recess? Or what if you're uh, singing happy birthday? Happy birthday. No, I feel like happy birthday sometimes has some emotion. I've, I, when I sing someone happy birthday, I usually mean it. I, nice I'm usually thinking about them. God, I don't know, actually. I kind of am afraid that most things I do is on autopilot. I would say 95%. Yeah. 
Yeah. I have these these flashes of, of, of brilliance, but the rest is really kind of mainly mocking people following their bliss. <laughs> so, so it's a good band, huh? So it's, yeah. And so I want to talk about ska music. Write into us with any of your ska music thoughts. Let's do a ska you know, kind of themed episode. Maybe do a episode. ska themed episode sometime. Or at least a segment. At least a segment. It yeah, depends. I, I guess it depends on you, listeners. Yeah. Dear listeners, send in some, some ska-related anecdotes. Do yeah. you have that, that, that skinhead haircut? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, not like Nazi. Yeah, don't write into us. I don't, don't want to give our audience the right idea that's not familiar with ska culture. That's a good point. Yeah, skinhead culture. Doesn't mean Nazi. Did, yeah, it originally did not mean Nazis. And most of the time in, in this scene, it does not mean Nazi either. Yeah. Most of the time. Because I just realized we just talked about this for 10 minutes like we know all about it. Because we're so well-informed about Nazi stuff. (laughs) Oh, good point. So let's clarify that. Make it very clear. We are talking about fashion statements in music. Nothing to do with anything hateful. Do you think you've maybe been taking too much of the uh, snuff tonic? I have. Because I I think you're only supposed to do it if you are, in fact, addicted to snuff. That's true. I wanted to try it out, but I just... I don't know. I felt like the more I tried, the more it worked. And I thought maybe I'm getting some kind of, uh, you know how, how when a, a man and a woman, they're going to have a child. The woman's pregnant, and she's feeling pain. She's feeling like the birthing pain. And the man will get kind of empathy pain. So I had this thing like, I think I might be getting empathy addiction from oh, all this okay, snuff okay. use. I better have another dose yeah. of, of this purification. I feel like if it's not monitored by the government or by the FDA, like it's it's not you know what what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, I mean that's I guess we'll check in next week and find that out. Yeah, um, I had a Nazi encounter. You really you, in high school? Have I, I told my baseball game Nazi encounter on yeah, this show? Yeah, yeah, did have, I? But it's a good it's a good reset. Okay, so I guess the topic of today's show is encounters with Nazis. <laughs> I was in high school and I was wearing my my ska outfit. Okay. And looking back, like, I sh- maybe should have been embarrassed. I don't know. No, don't never say yeah. that. And, and so there's a lot of different variations of what constitutes a ska outfit. Um, in the 90s, when ska was really popular, well, really popular amongst a very small subset of weirdos. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things is, you know, you go to the vintage store, you get a... Uh, like a, sh- a bowling shirt like Kramer would wear, mm-hmm. and then uh, you wear that with a tie and suspenders and, like short pants that you've cut off from an old suit okay. and a plaid fedora. You know, you're just, you're just crazy. You're just I, looking crazy. I, I can kind of picture it. And then part of it was like wearing a really sharp, like well-tailored black suit and a, and a skinny tie, this mm-hmm. mod look. And then there was kind of the skinhead look, which is like Doc Martens. Bomber um, jackets. Bomber jackets, maybe suspenders. I and mean, a specific type of, of bomber jacket right. that you get from the Army-Navy surplus. And then you put like buttons and so patches all over it of mm. bands. So I had that get up. Yeah. And um, I was much more the traditional hardcore punk rocker guy. Oh, yeah. And there's that too. I was way less, in, even though I did like some, I like two tonal. I like, let's say this for the ska cast. Yeah. And so, and uh, you know, th- the thing about my jacket is I didn't know how to sew. So I would glue on my patches with. <laughs> Fabric glue. Are you serious? Yeah. It was fine. It Did it work? Fine. That worked fine. Did your patches it... come off? No, they're still there, but I mean, you know, the glue kind of gets out of the edges and that kind of... It's like but... a school project when you're in elementary kinda, yeah, school. Yeah, kind of a bad school it's project. It's like the science fair in third grade. 
Yeah. Like I, it was put together just by someone just drunk out of their mind. Yeah, pretty much. And then, so I'd do that, and then I was like, oh, sh- no, maybe I'll just safety pin them on instead. That's a little more punk. That looks cool. More. Yeah, so that looks What's cool. What's wrong with that? I don't know with that. So I'd do that. Um, so I'm wearing that and going to the store with my two buddies who are just normal people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like it was just obviously such a like costume get-up, cry-for-attention thing, that I'm just wearing this casually going out I love to, the- to go buy mayonnaise for our... Hot dogs. Or you're whatever. you're talking know. to someone who would get up and put egg whites in their hair to blow dry their purple mohawk up. So I, you want to talk about going into public looking ridiculous? Yeah, like that. That was my mission. Like if I was wearing this thing going to a show, but you know I'd wear it to go to the mall and like buy a book. <laughs> and that, and I just feel I don't know. I feel kind of embarrassed by that now. But no, so, you shouldn't. So we're going into the Albertsons. Mm-hmm. And from a distance, I see two guys also with these bomber jackets oh, and, like, plaid shirts. And I'm like, oh, wow. And they say something to me. And I'm like, oh, what's that, guys? And and then they repeat what they said. And what they said was, white power. <laughs> now, my... Really? That's the opening... St- I guess that's what you do. That's their opening line. Um, now, so my jacket has all these bands from the 70s that were... You know, in the 70s England, like, not neo-Nazis was a big thing. Mm-hmm. So all these bands were very anti-neo-Nazi. Right. So they see me with a spe- giant specials patch, uh-huh. specials promoted unity. Right. And they decide, well, we got to let this guy know, indeed, white power. And then one of them, like, rolls up his sleeve, and he's got, like, the eagle swastika like, thing. Like that, uh, the, like, the Hitler on top like of the, the third, yeah. third Reich eagle thing? Yeah. And uh, Wow. Like how, the, how old were these people? Bolts. I bet they weren't. I was probably, at the time. I was 15. I'd say they were, I don't know, 19, 20. And they have SS tattoos. They have SS and, tattoos and, and shaved heads. Wow. And then they're both sig-heiling, and, and they're saying, we're, we're going to squash you. We will squash you. That's what they said to you? Yeah. And then the comeback I thought of later was just like Jesse Owens at the 36 Olympics. <laughs> That is a great comeback. Really, First of all, that's a really good. That's comeback. a really good comeback. But I love that this was this was in bed that night, right? This oh was, yeah, no, this, this was, was like a week later, six hours later. Yeah, but that, but that, God, that was fantastic. If you would have had that, actually, that wouldn't have worked. They would have had no clue what you were saying. No, of course not. So, but, but I, yeah, but so they I, kept sig heiling, saying white power, like showing were, me their tattoos. This was in a, the Albertsons grocery store parking lot. Yeah, or in the store. No, it was right outside the doors. By the automatic By, like, doors. Where you get the ice. And they're sig at... What and they're they... just hanging out. I don't know. Why are they just hanging out there? Causing trouble. Just I, Yeah, but at Albertsons, I, they must have been too young to go to a bar or too chicken shit. Yeah. Because if they went anywhere where there were, like, actual tough guys... Or actual men. Yeah. And not families shopping for ice cream. <laughs> Looking for teenage boys to a fight. teenage boy, yeah. <laughs> so I just went inside and, like, had to talk to the manager and call the cops and... Wow, you took, finally you took it like, straight to the top, huh? Well, someone, well, I was like, well, what if I go back out and it's time to squash me? I was going to say, I was going to say, were you un- quite unnerved? Was this like a very upsetting? Sounds upsetting. It was. Anytime someone's threatening you to fight you, it's upsetting. That's true. I've, yeah. People have tried to. F- I've been in fights. It's, yeah, it's, it's awful. upsetting, and and especially when it's someone you don't. If it's someone you've wronged threatening to fight you, or, you or someone who has perceived that you've wronged them, but when it's a complete stranger and you're just going to buy a a, a two liter bottle of root beer. Yeah, it's very dis- it's distressing. It's just distra- even if when I've gotten a fist fight and won, it's to I'm so sensitive. Yeah, that it was upsetting to me. Oh, I'm sh- of course, it's a like, traumatic thing. It's not like the movies. Like I don't want to. I was like, oh, I feel awful about punching that person. Yeah, 
but then then again, that's why we're podcasting now. Yeah. Because we're, we're, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know. Yeah, because we, so, so, we hide, our, our fists are our voices. That's right. The, this is a pen is mightier than the sword situation, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's, I'm back to feeling good. I was feeling yeah. kind of like, what, are, are we not men? But no, this is, this is like, like your great comeback. This is mind over brainless muscle. Mm-hmm. So the cops came, got him? No, like a bagger went out and said, I'll go see if they're still there. And then came back and said, no, they're gone. Or I didn't see, I didn't notice any angry bald Nazis. When you left, were you kind of peeking out the window? Oh, and, yeah, I was freaking like, out. looking like, back and forth. What were your brothers doing during this? No, I was, with, I was with two of my friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so. Oh, were they also kind of ska-looking guys? No, that's why, that's the reason I'm kind they were of just, embarrassed by my just, outfit. It's just you and two muggles. Yeah, just two muggles and then me there, thinking I'm the cool one. <laughs> you were the cool one, man. Yeah. Quit saying that. Yeah, you, sorry. You're, sorry. you're upsetting have, me. Yeah, but, um. Yeah, so then I think one of them, because they just went into the store. They abandoned me immediately. Oh, right. Yeah, and so I think one of them like went to get the van and come up to the curb so I could like leave the store and run straight. At least one van. was thinking on his feet. Yeah, I think that happened. I don't know if that actually happened. It's been 20 years, but that's the memory I sort of have of it. Gosh. I, I, did I tell it on the show, going to the Dodgers baseball you game? You told it on one of our old shows, but I think it bears repeating. Okay, so well, there was one time where I, I went to, to L.A. to see the Dodgers play. And uh, I actually was going to Comic-Con, but we took the train up to L.A. just because I was like, oh, it'd be fun to do a baseball game. And the Padres never p- are playing home games during Comic-Con ever. Oh, they, yeah. just, they just schedule it that way, yeah. which is smart. You don't, you've got already got 200,000 people there. You don't need another 50,000. Can we take a digression to talk about what the Padres announcer thought Comic Con was. Oh my God, we should. Yeah, that's this is. There's no other time this will come up. Yeah, you called me and like told me to turn on the game, and I had the baseball package so I could rewind it. Mm-hmm. And this was last season. And Dick Emberg, he's he's about ninety years old, and he's been doing the Padres forever. And he's with Mark Grant, an old pitcher. I think he was a pitcher for the Padres in the I early so, in yeah. the early eighties. And he, they're great together. I love listening to them call the ball games. But there, there was, you know how baseball is, or maybe you don't. In baseball, there's a lot of downtime, kind of. And so they can kind of chat about other things while they're calling the game. And of being, you know, the San Diego Padres, they're, they're talking about San Diego Comic-Con. And the best, one of the best things I had heard was hearing Dick Amberg is it en- Enberg? And en- just Enberg. Enberg. Yeah. He's, he's 81 years old. 81. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hearing him, Mark Grant asking him what he thought Comic Con was, and then should we just put the clip in here? Should I edit it in? Do you have it? I. Th- oh man, I think it was on my phone that just died. <laughs> oh Last shit. week. I'm, okay. Well, I may have it on my computer, but we well, let's just say it now, and then I'll just cut this out if I can find the quote. Yeah. So. What is it? So it's it's they spend a lot of money on animals. So costumes. what it is is people go and they buy very expensive costumes of dogs and cats, and then they go downtown and walk around in them. Yeah, that's and I and I laughed. No, that, and, yeah, and that's that's it. That's what Comic Con is. You buy you buy an expensive costume of dogs and cats, and then you walk around. Or just walk around downtown in your yeah. dog and cat costume. Yeah, and I did laugh, but then I started thinking that sort of is what Comic Con is. Yeah, he's not too far off. Can you imagine how baffling nerd culture must be to an 81-year-old? 
Can you oh, can you man. imagine like where they just have they think chill basically teenagers are turning into aliens? Yeah. When they like just explaining cosplay. Like what can you imagine Dick going home and trying to like in his mind, he's laying in bed thinking, yeah. "Why would you dress up as a gi- giant dog or cat?" And then just walk. And around. then walk around. He's like, "I have a dog. I like dogs." Yeah. Why would you dress as a dog? I think I, I think I posted that on Facebook once. I said, "Imagine trying to explain cosplay to your pioneer ancestors." Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's pretty funny. And nothing against cosplay. Nothing against following your bliss. Anyway, so I was, I was in L.A. going to a Dodgers game. My girlfriend had bought tickets online from season ticket holders. And we thought, okay, perfect. She, through some mix-up, Dodger Stadium is, or it was until I think the new Yankee Stadium, was the biggest baseball stadium in the country. Is that true? I think so, yeah. I I think it was until the the new... 55,000 people. Yeah, it's like 55, 57,000 people. So what my girlfriend didn't realize is that there's three tiers like this is a massive ballpark. So she thought we had uh you know 21st row on the first baseline just just these fantastic seats. But it was the 21st row on the third balcony, you know, or the second balcony I guess it oh, would be. Oh, it's it actually still is the largest. Still the largest uh in the world. In the wow, 56,000. There's there don't don't the 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 whatever they are, Tokyo Giants play in the Tokyo Dome. Is yeah, that bigger? That's fifty five thousand. It's and then, bigger uh, than that. Wow. And then in Havana, there's a fifty five thousand. And it's it's what did you say? Fifty nine. Fifty six for Dodger. Ah, uh, okay. Wow, that's cool. Um, so these tickets are way further up. So we we go down, we work our way into the crowd, into the seats. We're surrounded on all sides. These are two seats, and then. All the seats to the left of us, about you know six deep, left, six right, like ten in front of us and ten in back. They all were these kind of these white guys with kind of tattoos and stuff. It looked kind of rough, and I was like, oh, this is kind of a weird kind of felon-looking crew. But I didn't think of any, anything of it. Then the baseball game starts, and literally, like like someone had blown the starting whistle to take your shirts off, they all took their shirts off at the same time, like twenty-five men. All of them covered in swastikas. Wow. The, the guy sitting directly in front of me, his entire back from the, the, the base of his neck to his butt crack was a swastika. This giant black swastika. And I, I suddenly was like, okay. Yeah. These, and you know, my girlfriend and I just look at each other like, what is happening? I still don't know what was happening. It still seems weird. And then I was like, hey, I, I, do, do, do you want to go buy, like, a, a, a corn dog? Uh, and she, she picked up on the vibes I was sending. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. So we got up. We literally got up, I'll bet you, four minutes later, and then just went and found empty seats. Really bad ones. Clear at the top. But I was, I was just like, I do not feel comfortable. Surrounded. I just felt like there could be an explosion of violence out of nowhere. Well, that's... Uh... That definitely a, a reasonable thing to think. Yeah, you th- yeah. Uh, like I'm white, so uh, like you think maybe I'd be okay, but I was like, God, I could just picture suddenly a knife in my neck. The and big thing about neo Nazis is I th- I think they'll they'll find a reason. To they're crazy, you. right? Right. Like I'll cheer for the wrong player that's not a white player and or something like that. Something that won't even occur to me. I mean, I'm just, ice pick in the nose. Yeah. Right up into my brain. 
something like that, or you got the wrong, you know, your glasses look dumb, or what are you looking at, or oh yeah, or, so or, you know, the, or they're hitting on your girlfriend just to provoke you. Oh uh, yeah, that we'll find a way. That was in the mail, definitely. Yeah. I'll, I'll bet you, if I, we would have stayed a few more beers in the in the, you know sixth, seventh inning, yeah, it would have been inappropriate things towards my girlfriend. Yeah, and then what's my decision? Hey, all twenty of you, back off! Right. I would have just ran, I guess. You get you just try to run, but then you know suddenly then big guys blocking your path, and then that's it. Well, I we were literally surrounded. It was Cause literally because getting a bunch of Nazi tattoos just by definition is. I'm gonna say it's antisocial. Anti, yeah, I, that's usually a strong word to describe someone, but I would say that's perfect. <laughs> antisocial. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No. Who knows? That that finds some reason to fight you. It was horrifying. Yeah. It was. It was. A, it was a. I saw a guy at Walmart. Uh, I used to like to go to this one Walmart only after midnight, sometimes just to hang out, mm-hmm. um, just for the people watching. It happens. And I'd find some excuse, like, I'll buy a, a Dr. Pepper or right. something. You know? And I saw a guy from behind, and he had a gun on his hip, just blatantly. Wow. Uh, like a handgun on his hip. And I was like, oh, that seems a little weird. And then he turns around, swastika tattoo on his throat. Wow. So that guy's not messing around. He's not messing around. And uh, probably the gun is to be like, oh, you want to say something about my tattoo? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a gun. I, I was also at a grocery store. I think that I guess everyone has to go to a grocery store. So this is where I keep running. I, I, my story now of running into someone was also at a grocery store. I was getting you know some soda or something as well, like your story. And I saw this guy come towards me, and he had a the San Diego Padres tattoo on his face. And I, for one second, thought, Padres fan, huh? I like wanted to say hi, but then I was like, well, maybe your entire forehead being tattooed, maybe that's the same as a swastika. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Is it politically correct to to talk bad about people that tattoo their entire face? Yeah, I think it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. okay. I ha- I I also was at a grocery store one time, and there was the, this darling old man. He was like almost like Mister Rogers, and then I noticed he had the the uh, like that that Nazi eagle on his forearm with like a swastika and stuff. And I was like, wow, who would have thought? You seem like you're, you're, you've run to the store to get some bread for your sweet old, old wife. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe he, he has. has. Yeah, maybe he has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you think he'd get that covered up, though? I keep Googling like neo-Nazis Dodger Stadium to just see if I can find any... The, these were it, these but, were se- yeah. season ticket holders. So in so I imagine that all these guys in all these rows were season ticket holders. I think there's been some controversy with uh, the new MLS team NYCFC too about they've had Nazis Nazis there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, maybe let's 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 ask our audience. Do you know about the Nazi season ticket holders at Dodger Stadium? If you have any stories about this, let us know. Or an encounter with with a Nazi. Yeah, it's really a shitty thing to have to deal with in in this day and age. Right. But yeah, do tell us if you've ever uh, had an unfortunate encounter with a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Um, My girlfriend, especially has... if it was an original one. <laughs> you're, you are the greatest generation, and I hope you're listening. <laughs> I was puzzled for a minute. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Or it could be a young person fighting a hundred year old. Right. Oh yeah. Have you run it? Have you had a fi- gotten to a fist fight with someone who was clearly in their late nineties? Yeah. 
Yeah, let us know. All right. Um, well, hey, I I don't remember if there's been a like sort of Nazi hate group racism episode of Degrassi yet, but I bet if there's not, there's one coming. Oh yeah, there's got to be some racism coming up. Yeah, on it. in fact, I mean, uh, maybe my my mind's just drawn a blank here. I can't. I can't think of one that specifically has dealt with that. It's dealt with almost every other social issue. But uh, so where are we at? Degrassi Junior High. Almost done with season two. Can you believe it? I got one episode left after this. Well done. This one is He's Back. Um, Once again, we've got this substitute teacher. I think I've talked about him before. He appeared earlier, who is a uh, a pederast, a child-molesting pervert. Um, he's been on it before. He's been on it before. As a teacher? As a substitute teacher. And now he's back, and the girl he sort of was harassing the first time sees him. No one really knows that he's like this because mm-hmm. she kept it under wraps, which is a terrible thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's set his target on a different girl, and they kind of have to team up. It's really interesting because this episode is straight up filmed like a horror movie. <laughs> really, yeah. and it's it's scary. So, probably, it's probably actually a lot scarier than Freddy Krueger because Freddy Krueger's not real, and this substitute teacher, you know, is probably out there in the world right now. So, so it's like Michael Myers is coming up the stairs. It's exactly like that. Okay, like so, Halloween. First of all, this guy when he first showed up, all the students were talking about you know how dreamy he was. He is definitely a pear shaped man. <laughs> so, so he wears these khakis and like these thick knit sweaters, very much pear shaped, like big hips on this man. <laughs> Okay. And, and like a big belly. So just a dream boat. Uh, very pockmarked skin. And then his hair, his hair looks like um, you're at the costume shop uh, maybe the day before Halloween. And you're like desperate to, to find something. And you're seeing like... The clearance wigs? You're Is that seeing, what you're going Yeah, with? you're seeing like a bat hero costume. <laughs> uh, you know, genius inventor armor costume mm-hmm. and and then you see like british rock and roller wig yeah so it's kind of his hair looks like a bad beatles wig oh wow and okay yeah and then he's he's so creepy. in their mop top days yeah in the mop top days and he's so creepy it makes my skin crawl it's really an uncomfortable scary episode were they trying to walk the line between guy that actor that looks like a pervert and is can maybe pass for good looking I think they just wrote the script and then cast the guy later. That must be it, because you, yeah. you'll watch Law & Order SVU, and the, these actors they're finding are the, clearly the creepiest-looking people they can find. Yeah. and Yeah, so there's a disconnect between the script and the casting. And also, the kids are, are for the most part, way better actors than the adults. I think That's interesting. Just, I think it was a pretty low-budget production overall. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so he's coming up to the girl, and he's... He's uh, Lucy, and he's ostensibly going to help her with the yearbook, and he's rubbing her shoulders, and, oh, is this silk? Silk is the most sensual of fabrics. <laughs> and just, oh, it just makes you want to vomit. Yeah. And and so now she sees him doing this same kind of move on Susie. Grooming. Grooming. As and, they call it. But there's a part where she sees him, and he sees her, and she is running, and he's chasing after her, and it's just like Michael Myers. He's chasing her? He's sort of, chase, like, walking slow and menacingly. And she's, and she's running, running and keeps okay. finding locked doors. Right. So she runs into the gym, but the back door's locked, and the, gym, the lights are out. So he, he's there with his big shadow coming in from the doorway and just slowly walking towards her. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, I know you didn't say anything because nothing happened. 
Oh, wow. And just, I, I'm blown away. I'm endlessly just blown away. So well, knowing so well that that's exactly how this probably goes down is just really... Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm blown away that by, about the adult themes on this show. Like Every time you, you tell me about one of these episodes, yeah. they are tackling stuff that is serious business. Yeah. So so three so I think Wheels um, Wheels is one of the kids in the band. He's one, really one of the best kids on the show. I think he saw something and he knew that something was up too. Okay. So then him together, him, Lucy, and Susie finally decided to tell on this teacher. And, uh, and they're in the principal's office, and it's like, and the secretary answers like, "What's that? Mister Roberts is called in sick. He moved away. <laughs> anyway, kids, uh, what do you need? Uh, we need to see the principal. Well, you can only see the principal if it's very important. That's what they actually said to the kids. Yeah, and then like really dramatic pause, and the, and finally one of them says, "It is," and then cut to the credits. Okay, all all the the plot of that aside, what exactly does a a is this junior high? Yeah, junior high. What is a junior high principal too busy to see the students for aside from just screwing around on the internet, playing solitaire? Yeah, there was no internet, so he's playing Minesweeper in like, 1987. Okay, Minesweeper. Well, like, what is no offense to all you you junior high principals, but you're you're too busy to see these kids? I don't know what principals do. I actually don't either. Because I always think of the principal as being the boss of the teacher. But is that true? Like, does the principal yeah. hire teachers and uh, then like do like evaluations and stuff, or is there someone even higher up that does that? Because you, the, and you then, mean like Nick Fury? The next right. step up is I think Nick Fury. Then it's principal, then teacher, then student. I guess so. It would be. I guess it is kind of like if you're going straight to the second in command. So you're going to so is Maria Hill the principal? Because Nick no Fier- Maria Hill's the Maria Hill yeah Maria Hill is the is the principal, but Nick, she doesn't go hire Falcon. Nick Fury hires Falcon. Oh, you think so? So may, so is it like that though? Is there is there someone at District HQ who's hiring the teachers? I kind of assumed that it was the teachers are hired by the principal. The principals all over are hired by a regional like principal. Like ad, admiral, admiral, principal, admiral. Well, and then there's the, the superintendent, like Superintendent Chalmers. Oh yeah, on Simpson. So the superintendent is the admiral. Mm-hmm. Is the superintendent Nick Fury? No, because then there's got to be I, there's got to be like a principal attorney general. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So sergeant at arms. It's got to be principal general. Principal right? general. Then superintendent admiral. Yeah. Then prince principal. principal, and then there's like lieutenant principal junior. Uh huh. Then the teachers. Then the teachers. And then the students are the bottom rung of this hierarchy. So for a student to go straight to a principal, you're going over the head of the teacher. You're going over the head of the assistant principal junior. You, you, this is, this is, you know, the protocol of this is like, this is like a, a few good men. You're trying to go right to the top yeah. because this is serious. And it is serious in this case. Yeah. But what do, no, but please let us know what do principals do. <laughs> I don't know what they do. In fact, I think I... I once posted this to Reddit under the board no stupid questions and said, what do principals do? And no one answered me. That's because they don't want their jobs eradicated when they find out. <laughs> that they don't do anything? That it's minesweeper. Because growing up, we had vice principals, and the vice principal was like the one who was really doing stuff. Hmm. Uh, in junior high and high school, the vice principal was the one that would make like the safety announcements and do disciplinary kind of stuff. Well, when I was a kid, I had absolutely no idea the structure of society or businesses or schools. For me, it was just all these people. And I didn't, I had, the, the way that a school was ran to me might as well have been the way that you make magic potions or something. Yeah. I had no clue. 
I just knew the principal was a big deal. Yeah. The teachers were all awful people. (laughs) (laughs) I really get Wait a minute. We're turning a new leaf over. Right. This is the the, the teachers. That that is a, a hard job. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there are certain teachers that seem like they go into teaching just because they enjoy being cruel to children. Do you think, though, <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, elementary school, I've always, you know, I've always been inside my own body. Mm-hmm. So I've always, I've never thought, you know, you never think, I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm just a child. You always think, like, you got your shit together. Right. Um, well, when you're quoting but, Nietzsche at, like, 18 and, like, talking about, the the I'm just like saying, communism. I'm just saying I've always been much more advanced for my age. Well, hence than, you, than my other students. Your, your, your comeback to those 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 skinheads proves it. Right. No, but what I'm saying is like when you're seven years old and you're just a dumb little big headed kid running around, barely not pissing your pants. That describes me as a child. Right. You don't. But you don't realize that you're just this wild animal. You think you're. You know that's the oldest you've ever been. So you think that's what. You're, you think you're kind of grown up already, hmm. and you know, you, you know. I know I'm seven years old. I know I can't drive and vote mm-hmm. and drink coffee. But, but those are all just technicalities. But those are just technicalities because I'm like, well, this is this is the oldest I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's what it is. Right. But looking back on it and thinking how mean and cruel some of these teachers were right. to a bunch of freaking six year olds, I because I, we had really mean. T- there was a couple. Um, first and second grade teachers at my elementary school who were just really mean. Really? Oh, yeah. Just straight up mean, yelling at you, calling you an idiot. They seem And then to... I'm thinking, like, these are seven-year-olds they're talking to. I, I know. know I know seven-year-olds now. Yeah, as an adult now. They are idiots, but let's not talk to but them But you don't want to publicly humiliate them. Right. It's like, oh, just you're a kid. Yeah. But I mean, think of, a, think of someone going, okay, what job would be great for me? Well, I love to get children in front of other children and humiliate them and do things that they'll remember for 30, 40 years. Yeah, say things, you know, just like, what do you think you're doing? Right. Or but, maybe that's a strategy, though. Maybe, it's, maybe, that builds us, maybe that trains us better. I don't know. That's negative reinforcement. I don't know. I've, I Believe it or not, I've never done any uh, educational training. Well, clearly, since we're not sure what principals do. <laughs> I would say that that's a fair thing to say. So last week you were talking about how all commercials these days have to be just weird and surreal yeah, and bizarre. Bo- yeah. I accidentally watched a Bones marathon on Friday. <laughs> the the television show. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I turned on I was I went to my mom's house. I don't have cable. Right. I turned on the television, Bones was on. Okay. I was too lazy to change the channel. Okay. The remote was in my hand. The story checks out so far. Yeah. I mean I had the remote control. So mm. it wasn't really an issue of like, oh I'm too lazy to get up and find Your hand it. is in a splint. My hand wasn't a splint. Could the cause be too much remote control usage, and you just thought, I can't change this. It's not worth it. I bet that's it. I, bet I think it's it. a subconscious yeah. thing. Yeah. No, I was too... I, I, like, didn't have the mental strength to decide what else to watch. I've been there, man. I'm there right like, now. Oh, I could turn on Netflix. I could, you know, find a Simpsons episode or something. Like, no, I can't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of the day. I know there's nothing on. I guess I'm watching this Bones Marathon. First of all, very bloody, gruesome show. It is. My, my girlfriend w- was on a tear a few years ago watching that show. Wow. She, she's seen like 10 seasons of it, and I hate it. Yeah. And it's, it's so stupid. It's always the bloodiest, goofy skeleton they find. And yeah. then Bones is, the, is uh, the woman 
scientist, right? Yeah. Because it's not, Angel is, is not Bones, right? Angel is, I don't know what Angel does. I just called him Angel every time I talked about the show. And, yeah. I, and, and you know, I don't want to change that. Yeah. So David, not, what's his name? Boreanaz. David Bore, I the company popped in my head. David Boreanaz, uh, Angel, is, is like a cop. And then, and then Bones, which is her, her surname, is the forensic scientist genius, right? So they'll always yeah they'll, okay yeah he's an FBI special agent she's a f- forensic genius and this is every show they go somewhere they'll open a trunk of a car in the desert or something and they'll just be a pile of goo with a skeleton in it just yeah like, that's exactly what just, the, the three episodes I saw just had piles just of like goo. like empty jars of of strawberry jam on top of a skeleton yeah then she sticks her hand in and pulls out a jawbone and everybody's disgusted except for her because she's such a genius that she immediately was like well it looks like the anterior bone was chewed on by a promiscuous beetle <laughs> you know and just yeah. not just absolutely not horror and then everyone else is vomiting yeah and then they go to this the best is their forensics like base. It's like inside of an airplane hangar. Uh-huh. It's yeah. like a museum airplane hangar where they where they do these goofy little tests to be like, well, if you, you know, if you put a notch in a bullet and shoot it through through a watermelon, this is what happens. The show's really stupid. Well, the reason I I was kind of intrigued is the one I turned on was uh it was like in the 50s or something. It was like Agent Carter days. So what? they were they were wearing like um were they like hit on the head or something? Like why? Okay, well that's so you know they're wearing like their their old timey. Was things. it black but, and white? Uh, Angel, no, no, it was really hyper colored. But it was funny because they'd get in an old car and drive, and the background was like in those fifties movies. Oh, nice. Where the car is obviously in front of a movie projection screen. Um, I apparently yeah, no, did. so so that was nice. And then you know everyone's old timey. Uh, Angel was like a jewel thief. Instead of an FBI agent. What are you talking they're about? They're trying to solve some mystery in like old time Hollywood. Every episode I saw was like CSI. Right. And so I'm watching this and I'm I'm just intrigued because I want to see at the end, is it gonna be like Bones at a at a at her computer? Like and they went on to have many more adventures. <laughs> like like enter, finished my story. Right. Is someone writing a story? I'm the way I figured it is someone's writing a story. And I thought maybe a minor. If I was if I was playing it this way, I'd have one of the minor characters writing the story. That's a smart move. Yeah. Or did Bones get hit on the head? My theory was there a gas leak. This is where um, I'm putting my money. Is at the end, uh, Bones. Not even Bones. I'm going to go with with uh, Angel. Angel wakes up in a hospital bed. How close am I? Just ended. What? Just ends. Yeah. Just the just ended. Over. Yeah. No, no framing device. So, the, so this is like sense. this is like Picasso, where it starts out just regular painter, then goes through like a blue period, then the rose period, and then suddenly it's just we're in this surreal bonkers period. Yeah, I did. I found out it was the two hundredth episode. What difference does that? Well, make? I guess they they were like, oh, let's, let's do just, something silly. Let's just do something silly. But um, yeah, it was, I guess it was supposed to be specifically an homage to uh, to catch a thief. Who cares? But there was, but no. Well, why are you doing no an homage to like something just, that just has nothing to do with your stupid show? I'm like irritated by this. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, well, was it know. was it a good episode? At least was like, did you enjoy this jewel thief thing? Or are you just uh, indifferent? Okay, well, I didn't see the beginning. <laughs> okay, the beginning might have started with, with him Alf- hit hit on the head with Alfred Hitchcock introducing it. 
Like an actor pretending to be Alfred Hitchcock? Yeah, because on, on the Bones wiki page, and I don't mean Wikipedia Bones. I mean... Wikia. I mean the Wikia that is <laughs> devoted entirely to Bones. Uh, under quotes, it says, Alfred Hitchcock, good evening. Tonight's play is entitled The 200th and the 10th. Okay, whatever. I'm um, fine with it, I guess. I guess. I hope it's on... Uh, I hope it's on Netflix. If you have all like normal episodes and then suddenly one insane one, actually, I what am I talking about? This could I could think this is brilliant if I saw it. The description I'm not loving, but I'm not going to pass judgment. It could I could it could be like that um, puppet episode of Angel. It's everybody's favorite. Have you seen that? No. There's an episode where some demon comes to curse them. It turns them all into Muppets. Oh, see, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's great. And then there's a there's the, the 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 Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode where the whole thing is a musical because a demon curses them and they can only sing. Oh, I've heard of that one. It's yeah. great. It's fantastic. Oh, and then it, the, and there's the great uh, Community episode where it's a GI Joe. Joe. I haven't seen it. I've, oh, Community did a. They do a bunch, right? Yeah, they, I think they did a puppet one. They too, do a or dungeon. Or... They did Dungeons and Dragons. I know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, so. God bless Bones. Yeah. So, oh, but my point is, you're talking about weird commercials. So I was, I rarely watch commercials because I don't have cable. So I was keeping track of all the bizarre. Oh, you were okay. Let's hear some. Um, let's describe some of this bullshit. Yelp, Juicy Fruit, McDonald's, Mountain Dew, Kickstart. Okay, that that maybe makes sense. My favorite was Krylon Paint. Okay. So Krylon. So someone at Krylon, the paint company, mm-hmm. is like, we got to get in on this. Mm-hmm. No, we want these crazy commercials. Just, just weird. Just like, not, doesn't make sense. All the actors in it are like kind of grotesque looking. I guarantee every single and acting real weird and stiff and like, and but they're selling spray paint. No, it's always like a guy with crazy big hair that's overweight and weird looking. It's always yeah, it's yeah. You get and that's kind of all of them. But but, but I guarantee every one of these companies go to these adverti- advertising agencies and they all say, "I wanted the Old Spice commercial." Yeah, all hundred percent. And it's yeah, it is. It's people who are really just grotesque. You know, they'd be like extras in a Coen Brothers movie mm-hmm. or something, and then they act. You know, they're kind of stiff and like. Hello, can I borrow your spray paint? No, get your own. Is like, that what the commercial? Weird, just what? weird shit like that. What happened in the commercial? I don't even remember. I was too disturbed by too the dis- grotesquerie. Yeah, there was. There's one that 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 I always think of that I hate so much, and it was a guy that's like smashed under a boulder, and he had been parachuting, so he has like a parachute, and then this ugly redheaded guy comes up to him. And demands some of his bugles or something. <laughs> and the guy's like, help me. And he's like, give me the bugles or something. And it's just, I just, want, I just threw my TV out the goddamn window. Threw the front window. Shattered it. Cost me $800 to fix. But I, and I, I didn't, didn't care. I just had to get this goddamn thing out of my house. Are you sure it wasn't a commercial for a, t- for a new kind of TV? I could be describing the commercial, actually. You, th- you threw your TV. You yourself were the commercial for, like, the new Samsung If I threw the TV screen. and then it landed in a convertible and started driving around and picked up a, a, a TV with a bow on its head, and then they, uh-huh. like, got married and had a little TV. And then, like, a bird was talking to you, like, boy, did you make a mistake? And then I say, shut up, bird, shut at up. the wedding. No, I, we're both attending the wedding, me oh, and, yeah. and an anteater in a tuxedo, uh-huh. and, I'm, and we're sitting next to each other. And then I, and they're saying, you should have never got rid of this TV. And then I say, shut up, anteater. Or yeah. maybe I don't even say that. Maybe I just bark or something. Like, woo, woo. That's there. Commercial done. Bam. Give me $10,000. See? I've, I've written this thing. 
I actually had an idea for a commercial once that I, I, I six months later saw on TV. I, 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 and I, I can, the only thing I can do is tell you my girlfriend will back me up when I told her my idea. And I, I was one night I was laying in bed and I was saying, we, there should be a commercial where a guy is eating something that's so hot that he grabs a bottle of hot sauce and drinks it and it's like, ah, like, oh. And then sure enough, like six months later, there was a Del, I think it was Del Taco yeah. commercial where they got their new Inferno burrito, and the guy maybe it's Taco Bell. He's he literally does that exact thing. Eats the burrito, it's so hot. He grabs the hot sauce, drinks the whole thing, and then it's like, ah, oh, that's so refreshing. And I was like, man, where's my my check? How did we get in the field of commercial writing? I Wait, think, I just realized I don't want to do that. Yeah, I I, aside I from my obvious talent. Yeah, I mean yours really. I've 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 just been here going uh huh uh huh, but you know we need those in maybe, the advertising world too. Maybe I hate these surreal commercials because I have a knack for it, and I don't like that about myself. Yeah, that's a humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got to get to this email from uh, Clay. Clay is really I'd say one of our most ardent supporters. He's a true blue fan. Yeah, there's about I don't know. I'm sure I'll, there's about a dozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners that are just really, really true blue supporters. And, yeah, followed us over from all our other podcast shows. Yeah, now Clay Clay sends us kind of a longish email, but it covers a lot of topics uh, from past episodes. Nice summation of the last few episodes. Okay. Um, so we so, so this will kind of be like last time on World Champion Podcast, or previously. Yeah. Previously on World Champion previously Podcast. Previously on Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about the best guitarists. Okay. Because I was at a, uh, a karaoke thing, and a guy said that Richie Sambora was the best <laughs> guitarist of all time. Which I still can't hear without laughing. No, there's no way to hear that without laughing. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Do you know, what, do you know what's <laughs> uh, kind of neat? Is I, I, when I thought about that conversation just the other night. A, a Led Zeppelin song came on Spotify or something, and I, I was listening to it going, man, Jimmy Page is good at the guitar. And that's, without a doubt, what my dad would have, I think, argued. Well, Clay gives us his own list. Let's hear it. Lay it on me. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Page. Number one? Yeah. Or is this an order? I don't know if it's an order or just an order that he thought of. Uh, but he gives us Jimmy Page, Angus from ACDC. Number, he's pretty good at guitar, I guess. He, he does some nice things. That is it more, is not, it more like Keith Richards, though, where you're giving him credit for riffs? I think Angus is not very flashy, which I like. You know, I don't need a lot of uh, notes. But he's writing the, like, just like... You know how Keith Richards does those classic little riffs. Yeah. He's doing like because ACDC songs are always like da da na na na. Has it's some like rhythmic, crunchy guitar that is super catchy. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, well, I don't know. His leads are good. I, I as much as I like Angus Young, I do prefer just hearing the isolated vocals. <laughs> as do I. Yeah, um, Kirk Hammett. Yeah. Metallica's Metallica. pretty damn good. Early, I love early Metallica. You weren't in, like you said, you weren't into metal. But when I was in, I loved the Black Album, but that's about it. Yeah. When that's I was in, really know. Oh, that's when I stopped liking them. When I was a little like ten year old, I I loved uh, Injustice for All and Ride the Lightning and stuff. Their early albums shred. I do know. I think uh, when I was twelve, the video for Nothing Else Matters came out, mm-hmm. which is like you know, fly on the wall of them in the studio recording the song. And I do remember Kirk Hammett like playing the riff, and he's he's staring at like a a photograph pinned to the wall of the studio of a naked lady. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like, it well. Out, I... and he's just like concentrating on it, 
And I remember thinking, like, oh, it'd be so cool to be a rock star. What a life. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember that video well. I, it was, to me, it was a cool glimpse of, like, I didn't even totally understand the concept of going into the studio and stuff. Yeah. So for me, it was like, this is like a glimpse into, into like, a magic castle or something. You're like, wow, that's how they do it, huh? Um, What's next? Uh, Poison Ivy from The Cramps. I, I, I don't think I know The Cramps probably as well as I should. He thinks one of the guitarists for The Cramps is one of the best guitarists ever? Yeah, so, you know, I guess I, I know that they're kind of a new wavy horror punk band from mm-hmm. what I understand, right? So I guess, you know, we're not necessarily going... So we're so we're strictly so we're not going with technical skill necessarily. Just I, I, I would guess. Well, the coming up, yeah, I think that's kind of confirmed. Okay. Um, uh, he who cannot be named from the dwarves, the dwarves, okay. uh, the dwarves really frighten me. They are a frightening band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't Google them at work because all their albums are just uh, naked people covered naked, in blood, naked women, naked ladies. Which I would always look at the dwarves album when I was in like fifteen years old at at the record store. I'd, I'd, when I was going to go look at, at, at albums, I'd always make a stop and check out a one specific <laughs> Dwarves album cover. <laughs> yeah, they're all, uh, they're all not safe for work. And, and the, this guitarist, he, he will often play on stage uh, pretty much just with his dick hanging out. Right. Yeah. Well, which, on on which the naked not, side. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah, they, they just, there's something about them that frightens me. Fair, um, I think it's a fair statement. And then he's going with Doyle from The Misfits. Now, of course, I love The Misfits. You love The Misfits. Doyle it's stuff. It's true. And, may, and maybe I'm maybe I'm missing out on something. And it seems like, you know, it's a level above Johnny Ramone as far as punk rock guitaring. A level above the Ramones? Well, it's, it's just a, it's a little more complex than just the three chords. Yeah, not much. But not much. I, yeah. I love the Misfits. Yeah. But I would I would never say that's the best guitarist. But if we're just talking about like he make he does make guitar sounds That's, that I enjoy. He's got to be arguing like the the actual guitar songs, like what that he's playing. Because on my li- if I was just making a list of favorite guitarists, I'd for sure put Johnny Ramone on there. Well, there's a difference between favorite guitarists and best guitarists. Yeah. So you got to kind of make a decision. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone could argue that he's the best guitarist. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even think about. Well, it. it's like I mean, what if you if you were trying to say who's the best painter? Yeah. That's just and then you, there's you no know, way Jackson to Pollock. That. Yeah, or, or is it like, oh, it's this guy who can? Oh, you know, that's a fair counterpoint. Yeah, would you say, oh, it's it's uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy who would paint things incredibly realistically, like a photograph. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're kind of on that train of thought, you're like, well, he's the best painter because he's okay. the most realistic. That's that's a very fair point. But I'm... then you could say Rothko's the best painter, and he's painting squares. I, My I, kid could do that. I love Rothko, so right? I, so, so I'm what? totally you've totally won me over. It's Doyle is up there. Yeah, uh, and then Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. And uh, and then he says Anton Newcomb from the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Really? Yeah. Now I'm not familiar with them at all, and I, I should be. I've listened to him quite a bit. Again, this is this list. I just don't know what to expect from this list. There's he, a big gap in my music knowledge, uh-huh. and that's kind of the '90s indie stuff. Okay. So if we're talking Pavement, Built to Spill, oh, okay, Brian Jonestown Massacre, right. uh, Yola Tango. Mm-hmm. Who else is in that kind of crowd? Um. God, I think Pave and obviously early, early Modest Mouse was was part of that. Yeah, I don't even know what you call and not, that. Not music. even that these bands sound the same, but I just they're just kind of. Well, there was if the, you like these bands, you're gonna like them all most there were, likely. There was a weird time that was post grunge that was almost like we're now this weird. I don't even know if it's indie. What you would even call it? But I, I, know, I know exactly. Oh, what guided you're by about. voices. Yeah, I think this was indie before indie rock kind of became a genre. Yeah. 
when indie rock just meant it was independent. Like this isn't these guys weren't on alternative radio stations for the mm-hmm. most part. Oh yeah, but they're yeah, but they're hugely popular and influential. Yeah, and now there's probably stuff you'd call indie that is on a major label. Everything's on a major label. Yeah, we're not. Not yet. Exactly. Uh, band fights. We were talking about band fights. You're talking about your band and just kind of like how hard it is to. It's like having five girlfriends, right? Or and four s- girlfriends. Um, so I've heard of this. Of course, he talks about Anton Newcomb, classic for fighting members of his own band on stage. And of course, there's the must-see documentary Dig. I used, I had Dig on DVD. I used to. It's great. It, it, that's what my band was like. Not as not as violent. We didn't actually fist fight. That I can recall. Maybe we did. Yeah. But uh, it, there was a dynamic in our band that was a lot like Dig. Well, he. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Clay saw Brian Jonestown's Massacre and uh, one of the band members had a birthday and right in the middle of singing Happy Birthday Anton kicked the cake onto the floor. That sounds about, about right. Uh, I, one of our friends was hit on heavily, <coughs> you know her, by Anton at a, at a show locally about five years ago. Oh, remind where, me uh, later to ask you who that was. It, where, where he, like, they, she could have gone home with him. Well, it sounds like a stable fellow that you definitely... He's totally stable. I mean, you know, go, going home with a touring musician is awesome, but one that's unstable, even better. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. she could have been going to have sex or being thrown through, throwing a TV yeah. out the window with him. Uh, he also mentions Brian Jonestown and how they've spawned many other bands, such as Spindrift, Gris Gris, maybe that's Grigri, uh, The Love Tones, The Ravenettes, and The Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. I love the Black, I told my Black Rebel Motorcycle Club story. I love them. Yeah, yeah Peter was in a Brian Jonestown Massacre. I'm a little more familiar with that scene than you are. Yeah, and I, I do love the Ravenettes, but there's kind of an upper limit because all their songs are so similar. Yeah. I, but, like, I, I can listen to them and really dig them, but then i got to take a break for a long time. That's kind of how I feel about the Ravenettes. You can't eat donuts for every meal as good as donuts that's are. That's true. Every one of their songs is a mm-hmm. donut. Um, I plan on watching Batman vs. Superman, but haven't watched it yet. But here's my thoughts on Man of Steel. I didn't think it was that bad of a movie. It is a superhero movie. Uh, I don't know whether Zack Snyder intended it or not, but I think he rolled in a lot of sci-fi tropes into the film. Uh, the Kryptonian gas masks look like the space jockeys mask from Alien. All the Kryptonian stuff was way alien and weird. Uh, the sh- Kryptonian ship that served as Superman's temporary fortress of solitude uh, reminded me of the spacecraft in The Thing. Uh, the statement of Zod claiming that he, uh, Kal-El is among you, but not of you, reminds me of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Zod communicating over mass media, harken back to Close Encounters and Independence Day. Um, I could do with a little less lens flare and removing the constant religious vibe, but otherwise I liked that movie, and I really dug Krypton. Um, That's what Krypton I liked Krypton I never managed before. Uh, all this being said, I still like the Richard Donner movies as well as Superman 3 a bit more. I love Superman 3. Is that the one where Superman goes buck wild? Yeah. <laughs> Evil Superman's by far the best. When he's in the bar drinking and then throws the slides the guy across the bar, isn't it's he, like messing with him. Isn't he breaking bottles by flicking peanut shells? Yeah. Oh, it's so great. And then he goes to to like a a scrapyard where all these cars are to beat himself up. To, to I, or maybe that's right before. Maybe that's. I don't remember. It's I I have that. We should watch it. Um, he gives us some possible topics of discussion. Boy, I don't know. These are all great, great topics. We might be running late. 
Maybe don't say them, and we'll just maybe do them. I'm gonna I'm gonna say them. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll just do them and act like they're our own ideas. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm gonna, that's a way good idea. I'm gonna save them. I don't think we have time to get into them tonight. Okay. Um, yeah, we can but, talk but about. But you them think later. about these. I think a lot of these are, are up your alley. Okay. Uh, Golden plates by Mike Allred. Okay, I have it. Okay. Uh, favorite monster from the D and D monster manual. Well, that's a pretty good one. Uh, doppelgangers or replacements for celebrities. Such as, you know, how Paul McCartney is dead. Oh, okay. We can talk about that for he, sure. Those ears, man. That's a dead giveaway. And then he gives us some Dark Souls stuff, and I know that's really all you care about these days. That's all I ever have cared about. <laughs> um, again, every every time we were like, today we're just going to do emails, and then we start talking and don't stop. Yeah, it's um, a problem. It could be. I hope everyone's enjoying our show. If you're not, shut. Just don't tell us. Please don't tell us. Continue to not subscribe and not listen. <laughs> On that note, yeah, I think that's I, that's it. Let's call it a night. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>